Welcome to the Above and Beyond Recovery Podcast, where we explore recovery and its relationship to faith, family, work, community, and health. Well, hello and welcome to the Above and Beyond Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, one of the three hosts today of our episode. I'm Amber Didden. I'm Brian Cuck. I'm Sean Ryan. And we are all together today to talk about our season one recap. We have uh, filmed and posted several episodes so far, and we're about to move into a new season. Got some exciting things on the docket, but uh, we wanted to take a minute and talk about what we've discussed so far. I know some of you have been along with us for the entire ride from the first episode up until now. Some of you maybe are just tuning in and hopefully binging all the episodes at once. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right. uh, so we just wanted to talk about the things that maybe stood out to us, the thoughts that have been rolling around in our heads since we've recorded these episodes and uh, and just kind of recap. So I'll start with you, Brian. What kind of stands out to you from the episodes that we've recorded so far? Yeah, well, honestly, there's a lot that stands out to me um, because even though I've been in ministry for over, you know, almost 40 years, um, you are learning a lot about addiction. And I think one of the things that I think about, uh, and not sure how our listeners feel about this, but I'm, I'm sure it would be similar, is that um, one of the things that really holds us in addiction is isolation mm-hmm. and feeling alone and feeling, I think that leads to a lot of the hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just been great having guests on, hearing their story and people being able to say, okay, my story may not be exactly like their story, but I connect with it. I understand whether it's the person battling addiction themselves or a family member that's done that. So I've been really encouraged just hearing stories, you know, hearing people talk about their journey to freedom. And uh, that's just been really exciting for me. Um, and, I, and I'm sure for those who do listen, um, it's, a, it's an powerful encouragement to them. So... I mean, there's a lot of things I'm thinking, but that's one that really stands at the front for me. Yeah, I think too, you know, as we've been reaching out to guests for the show and having different people on the show, you know, I think I assumed that the guests that we had would have some kind of familiarity with addiction or, or be seeing it a little bit in their communities. But I've just been blown away by how the people we've talked to have been like, this is a huge problem. This that's is right. a huge deal. So many people I know are dealing with this. So many people in our community, like when we did the episode about uh, homelessness with um, with Hope Rescue Mission, he said 90% of the people in right. the mission are struggling with addiction in some mm. capacity. And, and again, like I knew it was a lot, but 90%, yeah. I don't think I was prepared for that. Yeah. And I might just add, and then maybe kick it to Sean, because when you say that, it, that's exactly right. For me, it's like, it's not just addiction. Mm-hmm. Addiction is tied to our life and our money and our relationships and our communities. Mm-hmm. And I, the same way, I thought, wow, how powerful to know that uh, it's not just this isolated thing in our life, but it has these tentacles that really go out. And the good thing is when healing comes and freedom comes, mm-hmm. that's what brings the hope because now it not only brings freedom in the individual from the addiction physically, but emotionally, relationally, financially, mm-hmm. Uh, and in our communities. So that's such a great thought. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that would be the, I'll kick it to you, Sean. You've been through the program. You're on the journey of recovery. Um, You know, you've seen those pieces of your life and those that you now serve just come back. I often say like uh, addiction robs us of our gifts and what our calling in life was. and, And you've experienced that and you see it. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Well, um, I've been doing some binging, uh, mm-hmm. some some uh, binging of our podcasts, and I would say I think the the one that I think is the most impactful and the most important would be uh, the one with Dave Lewis. Yeah. 
Um, oh, so good. <laughs> you know, it, first of all, Dave's great. Yeah. You know, and if anybody actually knew Dave prior to Teen Challenge, you would not believe he is who he is today, right? Dave thought he was Jesus at one time, you know, <laughs> and strung out on all those. Uh, it's not funny, but it is. It, it, right, right. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some weird humor in there yeah, with that. Yeah. Uh, and as you get to know Dave, that's why it's funny. Right, right. right? That's right. Um, but, you know, I think his his methodology and his idea of what addiction is mm-hmm. and and how to prevent relapse and prevent addiction from really grabbing hold of somebody is so well done. He articulates so well. He and really does. He understands it. And he does a great job of splitting the difference of of where faith yep. lies in it and, and where the clinical lies yeah. in it. Like he he really grasps both those. Well I was gonna say too, like there's well. a depth in both of them. Correct. You know, like right. I think one of the criticisms that that can surface sometimes is is either you're you're too too far i'm putting right. air quotes on that too yeah. far on the faith side or yeah. too far on the clinical side right. but there's a depth that can be found in both and right. i think right. dave does that really well yeah. and and that episode was great a great balance between yeah. those two things yeah and totally I, agree he, he taught me that. a lot you know yeah. um one of the things i like that he always says is you know people they, they start doing well in their life because they're not using drugs anymore and and yes god is a part of that but but dave also says listen man that's just one of the byproducts of actually not using drugs anymore yeah that's you know, right like, yeah. like yes god's in it but there's more to god than just this this is a byproduct of you just doing well that's and, right and, and not using drugs anymore yeah. um so if if you haven't heard that one i would say yeah and i would open. just add to what amber said because i felt too uh, i had the privilege of being the one hosting dave and it was such a a great bringing together because in ministry i've seen that where it's all faith and it's all God and, you know, no, no on the yes, clinical, no right. on the medical or the other way where it's that and, you know, not God. And yeah. I thought it's a perfect blend yeah, yeah. of bringing those two things together because in addition to sobriety, we need Christ. Yeah. I mean, even if you're clean and you're on that journey, uh, there's a lot more to life than just being sober. Yeah, yeah. And I thought Dave did a great job presenting Most that. definitely. And I think the, the one with the Hope Rescue Mission, that excites me mm-hmm. um, because we're actually working with the Hope right. Rescue Mission and they understand the methodologies of, of why it's important to have like some clinical and medical stuff involved with with faith as well um, because you know they can only provide so much and they do a great job but they want to do more than just be a place for people to come get a meal to eat you know obviously they want them to receive the Lord and find Jesus but they also want them to get them in recovery and uh, we're partnering with them uh, to provide the recovery aspect of it, the clinical aspect, uh, the counselors and things like that. And for me, uh, just to see uh, organizations starting to like realize like, okay, we're not in competition with Teen Challenge. Right, you know? it's the kingdom we, of God. We, it, That's right. We're, we're all trying to accomplish the same goals, the same mission. So how can we work together and we have, you know, Hope Rescue Mission has resources that, that they can use and they have, right. and we have resources that we can use. And together, you know, we can, we can do so much That's more. That's that picture of wholeness, right? Like yeah. it's, exactly it's, what it's I was not thinking. just yeah. the, again, the yeah. faith thing, the, the yeah. clinical thing, the addressing the homelessness yeah. or the church, right. or it's not any of these one components. It's all of those things coming together to find wholeness in a individual person, in a family, in a whole community. 
And that's why I think we need to come together because, you know, we, we often hear the phrase, stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Well, like in the church world, when I pastored, you know, it can always be salvations and souls. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. but, but there's more to wholeness yeah. than that. I yeah. mean, it's, and thank God for that. I mean, yeah. salvation is big, yes, but we're body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. And so there is a physical dimension. There's housing, like when you said Hope Rescue, it's good to see all these groups and organizations, ministries coming together to bring that wholeness. There was a conversation that Heather and I had in our episode about marriage, um, just about, you know, if, because Heather and I have both been the wife who had a spouse who was struggling and, and we kind of played with this idea of like, if, if that spouse, if that wife is in your church congregation and she's telling you like, my husband is really struggling and I don't know what to do, you know, like how do we help her as, as a church family or just as a community? And, and Heather and I were both saying like, it's the practical things, you know, you can help her by saying like, I will watch your kids twice a week yeah. or I will make you dinner three times a week or, or whatever it is. Or like, I'll have you guys over so that when your husband goes to treatment, like we got you, like yeah. we got all the, yeah. the, the, uh, physical needs taken care of for you. Like those tactical physical, physical things are so important. Yes. And, and, you know, the therapy is important and, and all of that is important too. But when it comes down to it, like to survive, to thrive, you need right. you need the food, you need the shelter, you need the financial stuff taken care of. It's yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the big advantages of, of above and beyond podcasts because just the conversation, just again hearing you say that, like those can be just walk away things. I think you know it seems so simple, but we often forget that, and it's uh, those are practical ways that we can provide help. And I think one of the other things that I've learned through is just the understanding of it. You know, we understand what we've been through, but when I, all the different guests, all like when Randy Doty was on here about grief, I mean, there was like so much helpful stuff and we tend to be smarter together and stronger together. There is community. And I think just having the conversation, just you're driving down the road and you're listening, who doesn't know someone that's battling addiction? I mean, addiction affects us all more than just drugs and alcohol. There's a lot of addiction in our culture and there's so many good things to have conversation about it and learn from each other. Yeah. You know, you brought up that episode about grief and one of the things we didn't even get to touch on in that episode, and I hope we either can have Randy back or explore uh, this sure with another will. guest, but um, one of our uh, clinicians here was telling me that people who are in recovery go through the stages of grief over their addiction. Mm-hmm. Like they grieve their addiction and all the phases of grief that we talk about when you lose a loved one, yeah are the same that you yeah. feel when you are like actually grieving the loss of right. your use of that drug. And, um, you know, Randy said that the, how did he phrase it? That the, the dark side of love is grief. Yeah, that's right. And, and that, I mean, that's kind of the yeah, same thing. Like you, you it, end yeah. up loving your addiction mm-hmm. and then you, of course you're going to go through that grief process. So that was eye opening to me and we didn't even get to talk yeah, about that. Yeah. The whole steps episode. of it, denial yeah. and bargaining. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole process just right. in that. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty funny because, uh, Chris Richard, who I, you know, had on, uh, which by far is the best episode, by the way. So it's mine. <laughs> um, uh, we actually just talked about that. It's so funny that you say that. We were just talking about that because, you know, Chris, is he's, he's graduated our program. He interned. He's working now. And, and, he, and he's starting to live life without the use of drugs. Right. And he's having to start to deal with life on life's terms. And he's getting married, so there's a lot of stress for that. And we, we sat down and we were processing through things. And he says, I think one of the things I'm having a big problem with is I'm grieving. And I said, well, what do you think you're grieving? And he goes, I think I'm grieving that, one, I don't have 
the ability to just use now. Like, this was my out. It was my way of yeah. dealing with life. Uh, and, and I'm also now grieving, and he's probably be mad that I said this, but <laughs> I have to share my life with somebody else yeah, now. Yeah. You know, like, now I'm getting married. So before, yeah. you know, because when we're in addiction, we're very selfish. Yeah. It's all about us. It's all about what we can And you're married to that substance. That's right. And you're married to the substance. So now he's, he's divorced from that substance, divorced from himself, and now opening himself wow. up to, to his wife, to his future wife, and to life with her, and sharing of money, and all these things. And he's like, man, I'm, I'm like, it's funny that you say grieving because he's he's kind of going through this grieving process. Wow, good of, for him for yeah. being insightful. I, I, yeah. I was very impressed. I said, yeah. man, that's like, <laughs> I said, I don't know if I'm counseling you if you're counseling me because well, that was really and good. And that's big, you know, for our listeners because one of the biggest terms that I have learned being associated with this ministry, being on the staff, is, are the triggers. And I think uh, Dave Lewis mentioned it in his relapse session. Uh, and we all face that. I don't, it, it could be food, you know, cheesecake could trigger something in your life. You know what I mean? Uh, I know with me being addicted to tobacco for years, I was a baseball player chewing tobacco. And of course now been clean from it for how many years, snuff, you know, leaf tobacco, all of it. But I guarantee you, uh, we're right now in the MLB playoffs and turn on the TV and if you don't see it as much as you did years ago. In fact, in the minor leagues now you get fined if you are chewing tobacco because they made changes. But when you do see it, I got to say this after pastoring, knowing God for all those years, that's a trigger where I lean forward and say, yeah, I remember what that tastes like. So, I mean, I think understanding those triggers uh, and for our listeners, no matter what you're, you know, we all battle. It's part of the fallen nature, right? Um, It's so good. I haven't smoked a cigarette since 2013, but like the other day I was at the grocery store and I'm putting groceries in the trunk and all of a sudden I just catch like some downwind whiff of like a cigarette. Now, usually they stink to me, but every now and then I'm like, and it's just like, wow. And, and, and it that, smells and it, good. It, and my mind was like, bam, like yeah. automatically, like, go get that. And it's that rhythm of life, like with me, like, and again, I think addiction runs that way. Like there were just certain times, okay, walking to school, get the snuff can out, yeah. beat it, yeah. put it in after yeah. a meal. And it's like what you said with Chris, like you're in a struggle. Now you're married. Now you have to have a conversation. Whereas before, no, I just need a good chew of tobacco. What That's what did. I need. Right. Yeah, just yeah. go have a cigarette no, and relax. Well, no. and yeah. yeah, or whatever it is, a glass of wine or something to kind of, so it becomes part of that rhythm of life. Yeah. I was just going to say, we talked about this in the therapeutic journey episode with Greg McFarland. He was talking about how... He's so smart. He's so smart. He's like way beyond me. <laughs> he was talking about how, just kind of walking us through like, being in the shoes of a patient in in programming and and kind of like what it feels like and looks like to be in each part of that process and we talked a little bit about triggers and how when you're in in treatment especially in residential treatment like almost the point is to be triggered so that you can kind of like take that yeah, yep, yep. and oh, learn man. from it and then I again I was talking to Michael Fanjoy who's also been on the show and he was saying like that's great like when when people are triggered right. in treatment that is such an awesome opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. And he, the phrase he used was like, it's like you're in a lab where mm. you're experimenting and you get to observe like, oh, that made me feel triggered or that triggered a craving that I have. And why did that happen? And let's look at it together. And yeah. I think even if you're not in treatment or you're post-treatment, taking those moments like, huh, usually the smell of a cigarette wouldn't trigger me, but today it is. I wonder why that is. And yeah. like just being like, well, that's in, an interesting observation. Like, yeah, let me it think is, about that a little bit. And in life, even verbally, somebody like maybe a relationship challenge where someone says something, that can be a trigger to be like, 
<laughs> it kind of irritates you. So there, are, there's that was such an insight to learn about yeah. triggers and, and not only addiction, but just in life. It was so good. Yeah, just a little food for thought with Greg McFarland. So if you watch the episode, Greg McFarland was worked for me when I was a you know staff member Teen Challenge, and we ran the greenhouses. Did you? Yeah. So <laughs> Greg, so not the best horticulturist, uh, <laughs> excellent counselor though. Uh, but you know, I watched Greg McFarland come in, you know, like a hot mess, man. Like, uh, you know, didn't even, he was, you know. Yeah. And now he's like this, you know, he's got a master's degree, he's a licensed counselor, and he's just so smart and so insightful and he can help, he helps so many people. It's just neat to see like that, like he actually really did that therapeutic journey to its fullest. Yeah. fullest well, I talked about it before the show, so I'm gonna give it to us now, but uh, you walk in every day, and talk about a trigger. And it's always a reminder to me when I come here and the privilege we have to serve together and help people and families and communities. But on our wall, every uh, day when I walk in, in Wilkerson Hall here at Raresburg, you know, it talks about hope uh, is found here, mm -hmm. freedom lives here, and people's lives are changed when they leave here. And I hear the story of you, of, you know, Greg McFarland, of almost every guest we've had on here. Uh, it's such a powerful thing to see when you know, the medical and the faith mm -hmm. side come together, how freedom is brought. Mm -hmm. And it's such an encouraging thing. And I, I think for our listeners, as they listen to these podcasts, it's got to produce hope. I mean, that's part of what this is all about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Any other recaps before we move on to our next section? I mean, I could keep talking about my episodes, but I think, I think we're good. <laughs> well, we know they're the best. So just prioritize from there and that'll, that'll make, that makes it easy. You, know? you get down among the unwashed masses with me and Amber, uh, and, but check his out Pray for these two. They have to deal with me all week. <laughs> I'm feeling a trigger. I don't know why. That's uh, funny. All right. Well, our, our next section, I... Um, you know, as, as you guys know, and as our audience knows, we ask for questions at the end of our episode. If anybody has something rattling around in their brain or if um, the episode brought up a question for them or if there's just like a burning question in their head that they don't know where else to ask that question. Um, we are not exactly experts, but we are surrounded by a lot of experts and, and we have some insight. And so we love answering um, your questions. So I have a few questions here today that I thought that we could talk about. Um, the first question is, can drug addiction lead to other mental health disorders? Oh, boy. <laughs> and I'll, I'll preface that again by saying, we, like, we are not experts. I know. Greg, like, let's <laughs> um, but I think it, it does, and I'm not saying that this is the answer, but mm. I will just kind of add to the discussion. Um, I think it's interesting to consider that so many of the mental health disorders that we see are either triggered by the substance abuse, mm -hmm. exacerbated by the substance abuse, or sometimes people self-medicate with a substance because of a pre-existing substance abuse. So we do see that a lot, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's a challenge that we have because we're not a mental health facility, per se. Um, we, we have the ability to, to help where we can. And it's hard to try to figure out, like, you know, where that falls, falls in place. Because for me, I mean, if you were to ask people when I was in my mess what I was like, they would have told you he was crazy, mm -hmm. you know, because I was, but... And maybe I still am a little bit, um, but I really didn't have mental health. I was never really diagnosed with mental health, but the use of drugs led me into a mental state uh, that you know I couldn't control. Right. Um, so, and I think we, I think we deal with that a lot here more than actual mental health because there is a lot of mental health issues. But because people come here who are generally you know uh, who are who need help with drug addiction. Uh, usually it's because they were addicted to something 
that started bringing out some mental health issues that they had or or started them to become kind of mental and then hopefully with the correction of of their use that, that those mental health problems go away yeah I, and i i'm certainly not an expert and i would say that but this morning i had a great illustration so you walk out of your garage I, actually i was down on my bottom deck going down there before i came in and you open the sliding door and you go out and what's all over my head and messing up my hair, which really upset me. Yeah. Um, it looks well, great to me. Why? Well, and I, you know, just I just do one quick thing yeah. and it's all good. But Jealous. I ran into a cob, a cob, uh, a spider web. Yeah. And I, I think that that it just made me think as you were talking about that's how it is. Like, mm -hmm. it causes so many things. I mean, again, as we were saying in the first segment, like. Uh, relationships, finances, you know, legally, all the things that go into that. And it's just like this cobweb. And I think the picture that I have in mind is, you know what, I can knock that cobweb down, which I did. Mm -hmm. And I wiped it off my head and I'm good to go. Well, guess what will be there tomorrow? Hmm. Hmm. There's going to be another cobweb. Yeah. And I think the key to removing that cobweb and a part of our journey of freedom is like, I got to find that spider. <laughs> if I kill the spider, not to say there won't be another spider, but if I kill yeah. that spider, then guess what? Maybe there's not going to be a cobweb if there's not a spider. That's so. a great illustration. That was pretty good. It, it made me think, too, that in the episode that I mentioned earlier with Heather, we talked about the mental health toll it can take on family members, too. I mean, Heather and I both talked about how, you know, we struggled with anxiety, and I know I struggled with depression in light of yeah. our husband's addiction. And so there's mental health ramifications sure. for family members sure. too and we don't yeah. always consider it that way yeah, so that's so true yeah those are good insights um the next question is are there effective treatments for addiction i think we would all say a well, resounding... I, mean, I hope so or yes. we're... <laughs> well, i don't know what we're doing yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right i mean i think it depends on the I, there's lots of treatments mm -hmm. for addiction uh and everybody's treatment is going to be a little different i don't think you can say one is greater than the other there are lots of tools you know, Teen Challenge started as an abstinence-based mm -hmm. program, which I th still think has tons of value. Mm -hmm. um, I was an abstinence-based uh, yeah. guy. Can you just clarify, like, what do you exactly do you mean by abstinence? So I didn't use any uh, medicine, medical MAT. I'll MAT. use one of the acrostics I've learned. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm learning yeah. even yeah. as a host. Like, so right. I, I didn't use any uh, uh, medication treatment uh, to help me. And the medications uh, usually we're talking about are. Um, Suboxone, mm -hmm. methadone, sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah Vivitrol. Vivitrol, yeah. Um, so there's and and they all have great value. Um, for me, I, I didn't need those, but you know that was uh, in 2007. So that was you know 15 years ago. But that was not 15 years ago. 2007. Was it? That's 15? crazy. It was 15 years ago. Wasn't it? It, okay. You're right. right. I'm, I'm thinking just like, saying, my, 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 my brain is not allowing me to believe that to be yeah. true. Yeah. No, it was 15 years. I know. I, I know. But the use of uh, buprenorphine or Suboxone, uh, Vivitrol, which which is great, which is kind of like a shot that that is is non narcotic and, and can keep you blocks, you know, opiates. Because uh, today, like fentanyl, when I when I was using, it just had come out. Right, it, you heard about it, but no one really knew much about it. The only thing I knew is it was killing people, and I wanted it, yeah. which is mm. mental health. Well, that yeah. really yeah. together, that, right? That's where my mind's at at that time. Um, but it's so rampant now mm -hmm. that if you don't have, um, like Narcan, to bring, yeah. you know, I mean, Narcan is saving lives left and right. Um, if you don't have Vivitrol or Suboxone, these types of, of these uh, tools and medications to use, it's going to make. Uh, recovery much more difficult. Uh, this is a little bit off off the question, but you know the the field is changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. 
and it's important that we stay open to changing our methodology sometimes or or allowing different methodologies for different people who yeah. may be struggling with different things that you know weren't like you said weren't really a thing 15 yeah, years ago you right. know we're we're in a different in a different place now yeah and what i would say one of the things that i said for years when i pastored was the message never changed yeah, but the right. methods do yeah. right uh, and I think that's the beauty that I've seen. Being a part of uh, Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge for so many years, as a board member, as a supporter, um, I think our best days are right now because I think what we were saying is that no one's addiction is identical. Mm -hmm. uh, so we do, we're blessed to be able to individualize the, the need and support for those who come, men and women. And I just see the strength of that where, yes, there's faith-based, the Word of God, but there's also the medical treatment to help them safely transition. And I, what I also love is that we can help people take a step. Mm -hmm. um, you know, back in the day when we had a couple hundred people coming through in a year, hey, it was nine months, faith-based, or we're sorry, we can't help you. And I, I love now that come for detox, they can come to the short-term program. It's a step for them taking a step not only towards sobriety, but toward knowing God personally. And uh, I think it's a great strength of our, our ministry today. Yeah. Well, I think, go ahead, John. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would totally agree with you. We were just in Newsweek um, and they ranked, you know, uh, recovery centers in Pennsylvania. We were number three. We were from number 10. We went to number three. And if you look on that, and Chris pointed this out too, that we're the only faith-based organization there. And it's vital. I mean, if, if, if we don't get involved in understanding Suboxone and these methodologies um, without changing our message. That's cause, right. Because we, we don't do that. That's you know, right. We, That's we're exactly faith based. Right. We love Jesus. We want you to find Jesus when you come here. But if we don't, some organization like us has to get involved in those methodologies. Because if not, There'll never be a faith-based mm -hmm. organization in those right. methodologies. Someone has to get in there. It's not an either-or. That's what excites me about working yeah. here, because we're willing to jump into those yeah. to those methodologies and use them properly yeah. uh, without changing our message. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly so right. Good. Well, I think to sum it up, to, to answer that question, are there effective treatments for addiction? There absolutely are effective treatment treatments for addiction. Mm -hmm. You are living proof of that. Mm -hmm. We have so many people on our staff, people that we know, are graduates of our program that are thriving and doing well. And so... And maybe this would be the time, Amber, just how did, like, if someone's listening and saying, well, that's, man, that's encouraging, that's good. What's the first step? What should I do if I know someone or myself? What would be the first step? Pick up the phone and call us. That's right. Yep. 844-888-8085. We always put that in the show notes. You're welcome to share that with friends, family, people you think might need it. Um, people you think don't need it. I mean, everybody, yeah. you know, ha know someone, um, even if they aren't aware that they know someone. Yeah, and when they help. call, that's the nice thing about it. They will talk with you. They'll have a conversation, and it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all, and, hey, yep. here's what you need. Uh, they're going to process that with you and help you find a solution. All right, our next question is, what is detox? Oh, why are we? Okay, well. I'm looking at I, you, Sean. I'll, I'll look at you. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, detox is is a now, I don't want to say it's a form of treatment because I don't, I don't think there's a lot of treatment in detox. Um, treatment is a, or detox is like a precursor to treatment, mm. right? Mm. Um, when you are on opiates uh, on this day and age, uh, you drink alcohol, uh, you're on benzodiazepines like Xanax or Valium, uh, the withdrawals and the side effects of not using them anymore can be detrimental. Um, so the goal for detox is, is one, we want to get uh, this person into recovery, but they're not even going to be ready to even 
try to process and start using their mind, meeting with a counselor, because recovery is found mm -hmm. in those areas there. Um, we want to just medically kind of get them stable. And that's generally five to seven days. You'll come in, we'll, we'll assess the need of where you're at. We'll make sure, you know, because people come in, they're very high maintenance when it comes to detox. Yeah. You know, they usually have physical ailments. Um, they're already on medications because, you know, they're, they're living life and they're addicted to some substance that can cause detrimental problems if, if this, the side effects really kick in while they're not on them. Um, so our goal is to kind of stabilize them and we use multiple different methodologies um, you know, well, maybe for, start with the abstinence one because that's what you did. Yeah. So, well, mind, there, you, so can you give one minute on your detox? So let me tell you, my detox was in jail and they gave me nothing. Now I wasn't on a lot of medications. I didn't take benzos, you know, cause benzos that, that, that detox can, can kill you. Uh, that you can have grandma seizures. And they alcohol can be, too, right? And it's alcohol very too, dangerous, yeah, very yeah. dangerous, right? And even fentanyl. I mean, you can get pretty darn sick, uh, to the point where you, you say might, alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. And fentanyl. And yeah, fentanyl. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I would just explain that a little bit because that is, that's a... Well, alcohol, I mean, you can get seizures and tremors really bad uh, to the point where you can have like, I, it, now I'm not the doctor. <laughs> I work with a lot of people in detox, but almost like you could have like a heart attack. so used yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, now I didn't have alcohol. It was just, it was just opiates. So, you know, I was basically stuck in the jail cell and they were like, you know, oh, well, good luck, you know. And at that time, I mean, you probably could do that, but this day and age, you, you know, number one, if someone does have some mental health problems, the, the, their mind isn't going to be stable enough to have to deal with that yeah. withdrawal. Yep. You know, people will hurt themselves, yep. you know. Right. So nowadays, when they come to us, one, we don't want them going through that pain, right? That, that's, that's very difficult. It's very challenging. Um, so we will provide them the right medications, whether it's suboxins for opiates, and then for benzos, they, they, they'll actually keep them on the benzos, but they'll taper them properly. Right. Uh, so that way it's out of their system and they can move on to the next Something thing. Something that I learned that was really interesting, just kind of along the lines of the neurobiology of addiction, is mm -hmm. that when when you're using the substance, your brain is telling you, you will die if you do not yeah, use that sub yep. substance and you have to use it. And when the withdrawal process kicks in, it's it's reinforcing that. Like, if I don't use this drug, I'm going to die. And I can tell because I feel like I'm going to die. Right. And that becomes a huge barrier to treatment because people say, like, I'm not going to treatment because I'm going to go through withdrawal yeah. and I'm going to die. Yeah. When you can yeah. offer someone a detox program, you're helping to alleviate some of that yeah. and, and helping them rest assured, like you're you're gonna survive the yeah, detox yeah. process, we're gonna help you get through it. And even if not to that extreme, like you were saying, the discomfort, mm -hmm. like I, I really don't wanna go through the discomfort of withdrawal, well, we can help you with some medications yeah. to get you through that that point to get you to the other side where you can really be prepared and start going through that. Yeah, process. that's usually the challenge. Nobody yeah. wants to go through that withdrawal right. point, you know, because you know what you're about to get involved with. And when, when I was out of money and I had nothing, it was either figure out a way to get more money and get, get your drugs so that you don't have to deal with that. And I didn't really, like, no one was, to, there wasn't, you know, nowadays you, you drive down every street corner, there's a, a pink sign on a, you know, stapled to a, to a telephone pole saying, you know, if you need treatment, here you go. Well, that, that wasn't like that when I was going through right. it. So I didn't even really understand what treatment was. Um, so, and that's why, you know, people are like, man, how do they keep, why do they keep committing crimes? Why do they keep doing these things? Right. Well, because we don't know any better. Yeah. And our brain's telling us like, listen, if you don't get this drug, 
you're going to die. Right. And we just don't want to die. Yeah, and one of the quotes that you often hear in the church among Christians, you know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know what that reference, where it's about. Yeah. But it's about we, we've been created in a wonderful way by God. I, I mean, I've learned it just obviously with some of the things I've been through, like losing my left eye, losing my left leg. But even your brain, like since my accident eight years ago, I have no sense of smell mm -hmm. because the smell sensor in your brain, which is think of the computers and stuff we have and then think of your brain. And because of the injury, you know, yeah, multiple concussions, even though I was wearing a helmet, um, you know, the neurologist said, Brian, you're probably never going to get your smell back. Now, again, can God do anything? Sure he can. Mm -hmm. But I'm probably going to live, and there's upside to that. And, you know, I only see half the diaper. I don't smell any of it. I should change all of them. But, but I'm going to let you do it because I love you, and I want you to learn. But when you think about addiction, how you keep injuring your brain, uh, and then that fear of if I stop, I'm going to die, that is, I think, again, the power for our listeners to say, we're going to help them safely find freedom and get to a place where now they can think about mm -hmm. that part of the journey too, which is your thoughts to avoid those triggers and to move on in freedom. But Yeah, I think that's where um, when we talk about renewing, this is where I think the faith part really comes into play about renewing your mind. Yes. You know, because my mind was a mess. Mm -hmm. And I know some guys, like even Phil who's coming tonight to speak, to share his story, his mind was a mess too. But we renewed our mind with the Word of God. Right? Amen. We, 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 uh, you know, and t I still to this day, I mean, just this morning, I was taking that's my right. time, Thank sitting God. out in this morning sun, reading the Word of God, yep. because that's what renews my mind daily. It refreshes my mind. It puts this this glorious, life-giving Word into, into and that, that's what's restored me. But your mind now is in a healthier place, as Amber was saying, to receive that. Yeah, that's right. Whereas right. at first, like I, I remember like when I lost my leg, they they were saying mirror therapy. That's a medical thing that you can do. What is it? I'm battling mirror these... therapy. Mirror? Oh, it's oh so yeah, mirror therapy. I'm battling. Do you, do you like stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself? Well, no. Because uh, I was going to say, boy, I got a lot of therapy. There. Well, I'll take two <laughs> minutes and explain it. I mean, you have, as an amputee, you have phantom pain because again, your, your brain, brain is a know. powerful thing. Yeah. So my leg is cut off here. So that nerve that goes to my ankle it was bizarre, like eight months after the accident, my ankle would itch. I don't even know where my ankle is. <laughs> like, can I go find it and itch it? Right. Or a hot steak, like is burning wow. through my calf. It was miserable. And I was on a heavy drug to avoid that. And talk about fear. The doctor was saying, Brian, we'd like to get you off this drug because it's very addictive and it's temporary. And I'm thinking, no, wait, if I have a hot steak going through my calf right. at two in the morning and I can't sleep, what's it going to be like when I'm off this drug, and it was that great fear. And so there, you know, I lost my wife, you know, I lost my leg. I'm sitting there telling me about mirror therapy. I'm like, oh, what a mirror therapy, okay, whatever. I, I wasn't even paying attention. My daughter-in-law, we looked it up on Google, did it again. You take a mirror that you put on the back of your door, you know, to check your hair, uh, your clothes, whatever, and you just place it like between your legs like this. And I would do it every night for 20 minutes. So this mirror would mirror my leg. I'm wearing shorts, I'm wearing shorts on this leg. If I'm wearing, you know, and you just have conversation and you look at it and you're tricking your brain. Wow. Can I tell you that that, <laughs> that heavy drug that I was on within three weeks, I'm off that drug wow. because my brain had been tricked by the mirror. Now, what if I just said, well, I'm just going to pray and I'm going to yeah. believe that this, yeah. you know, and that's okay. We yeah. need to have that faith. Yeah. But here was a, a way a that's a solution. That's exactly right. And I think that's so true. In addiction, um, and that's powerful. Oh, that was cool, man. It was life changing. <laughs> that was rare. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go home and just 
start using mirrors. <laughs> well, there you yeah. go, right? That'll you go. just look in that yeah. mirror. Just yeah. tell yourself how yeah. good you are. That's going to renew your mind. I do that anyway. So. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Remember, his shows are the best. Make sure you listen to them first. <laughs> we are getting short in time, so I'm going to transition us into our wholeness habit. Oh, boy. Um, every episode, we talk about a habit that's in our lives that's helping us bring wholeness mm. to our lives. Um, so it can be a book you're reading, a new exercise routine. I think the, our, in our first episode, you told us that you were just starting, just started working out yeah. and you only had one towel hanging on your treadmill, yes. which is impressive. Any yeah. more clothes added to your... No, actually the treadmill is completely cleared off. Oh, the wow. weight bench is cleared off. The We bought a total gym and that's cleared off. Nice. So we've been really putting a lot of effort and work into that. Bodily exercise profits a little. First Timothy 4. Yeah, it, it does. You know, I just want to be, you know, I have children. Um, I want to live as long as I can. And I know God orders our steps and he t he's, he's already got it when I'm going yeah, right. to see him. But, you know, I want to be healthy. Um, I feel that eating well, uh, working out, you know, I, I'm very into neurobiology right now. I know me, I, I, you know, does it involve mirrors? Uh, it, I, it's going to, yeah, um, well, yeah. uh, so I listened to Andrew Huberman. I'll give him a plug for his podcast. It's, it's an excellent podcast and he talks about the brain and exercise and, and the value of eating right. And, and, you know, all these things, how you can trick your brain and all these things you hmm. do yeah, because, you know, even it, here's a stigma that I, that I really can't stand. Because you're saved, because you're a Christian, every day is going to be perfect. Hmm. You're not going to have down days. You're not going to be tired. You're not going to be triggered. Let me, let me tell you, I feel like I have it worse now probably than I ever did. But, you know, the enemy's trying to, to get to you. You're, you're fighting life. Je right? Jesus got tired. That's right. Jesus man. got hungry. Right. So, you know, I want to try to do the things that can help me through those things. And yes, I pray and yes, I read my Bible. But there are also other things that you can do uh, that obviously God, if he's sovereign over everything, it's created for us to do. And one of them is exercise. Yeah. So, so we've been putting a lot of I mean, my wife and putting a lot of effort into that. And yeah, so that's just. Well, I'll wonder. tag right onto that yeah. because my wholeness habit is planning. Um, we all have a schedule. Um, we all make different money, income. But you know what we all have the same? We all have 168 hours this week. Yeah. No, you're not going to change that. That's, that's uh, all 168? That's it. In oh, fact, I'll, I'll give a little tip. If you, if you, how many would say, oh, I'd like 13 months in a year? Uh, no, 12 is too many. Can I get it down to 11? But you know what you'd have to do to get 13 months? Wake up one half hour earlier. You said you have a time schedule every day you wake up. So if you wake up every day at, let's say, 6.30, and you want an extra month in your year, wake up every day at 6. That'll give you that kind of, that's That's amazing, isn't it? And so when I think about the cobweb and going and all the way life gets messy, like 168 hours, for me, it's just planning. Like on a Monday, when my kids were growing up, my wife and I, we did a family meeting every Monday. And we just talked about our schedule and the games and it's just, you know, whatever. I mean, mowing the grass, balancing the checkbook, whatever you're doing. Um, and so I think just planning and thinking about managing how we're going to manage these 168 hours because there's always a curveball. Like you said, 930, it kind of goes crazy. You come here, we have a plan. Well, throw that plan out the window because I got to do this. And that's a part of life. But I think thinking ahead and planning your day, um, that's such a, in my life, that's been a powerful powerful thing. So that's that's my habit. Just look at your schedule. Take a minute, plan ahead, have some solitude, and um, it's good. Very good. Well, my wholeness habit this week is I am trying to slow down. Mm. I, for as long as I can remember, have been just like, 
I'm always rushing. If I'm walking somewhere, I'm walking fast. If I'm driving somewhere, I'm driving fast. If I am getting fast? in or out, I do, I eat so fast. If I'm getting in or out of my car or whatever, and I'm dropping my keys, I'm forgetting stuff, I'm leaving things, you know, wherever. And, you know, I've been learning more and trying to learn, trying to be better at, at practicing mindfulness. Hmm. And when I just slow down and take my time and enjoy the moment, I, I'm just, I have so much more clarity. My stress level just reduces yeah. immediately. So even in the simple things like parking my car in the parking lot, getting all my stuff together, getting out of the car, walking into the building. You see, you're just like taking a deep breath. <laughs> I was gonna say, can yeah. we do that? Can we just like, <sighs> wow, see, I feel, feel so the piece better? of amber coming all over. I talk <laughs> fast too. <laughs> <laughs> But that's my habit. I'm trying to be more conscious of slowing down, mm. taking my time, yeah. being being Mindful. in the moment when I'm in the moment. And, yeah, that's um, good. And yeah, it's it's been really good. So no, that's funny. I was listening to um, I listened to this coach because I, I coach my kids' basketball team, and you know I try to learn from other coaches. And he says you want to play fast, but you want to play under control. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing fast but you're not under control, that's worse. Mm -hmm. Than playing slow. Yeah. Um, he says you want to play fast, but you want to play under control, and that's, that's a like tender what balance. Saying, yeah, yeah. What you're saying like you, we yeah. have to go, we got to get things done, but we want to do it under control. So that's I'm yeah, gonna being start. in the moment. I think yeah. it's a powerful thing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we're always living in the future of what we've got to do mm. that we miss the moment. That's a great thought. That is yeah. great, actually. Yeah. Well, speaking of the moment, we have had so many wonderful moments on this show so far. We're going to put a pin in season one and start transitioning into season two. We're already starting to schedule those episodes and plan for them. So we've got more excellent content coming up. As always, if you've got questions for us, uh, please send or them. Topics, or think, topics. Or topics. Yes. Topics would be great. Absolutely. Please send them to us at abovebeyond at paatc.org. Again, that email address is in our show notes. Or and people that they think should come on. That's right. right. They if might you know have, somebody mm -hmm. like, you know, like, hey, that would be a great person to interview or have on. Yeah, yeah if you right. have recommendations for guests, anything that you'd like to hear us talk about, we would love to uh, hear from you. So please shoot us an email. Uh, but that's it for okay. our last episode of the first season hard Thank to believe you. yeah Here, let, let's try this right oh are we gonna do it yeah Bam. we're enjoying okay. the moment All right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us we'll see you again in uh season two very good thank you for joining us the above and beyond recovery podcast is a production of pennsylvania adult and teen challenge if you or a loved one needs help with addiction call us now at 844-888-8085 or find us online at paatc.org. That information is also in our show notes. Join us next time as we continue the conversation.